There's a place I can go just to hear a good show. People talking about stuff that you didn't know. You've got Erica Bong and a crab singing songs. Topical Island, that's the place I'll be on. Oh, won't someone get me out? Oh, oh, hey, young man. <laughs> How are you? I'm feeling good. I like your moves. Thank you. <laughs> very sexy. I like to dance and play some chess. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're very multitasking. That's you can dance. I do it. This is how I roll. Yes, I guess being Brazilian, um, you have like rhythm in your body, yes, I right? Do. Uh, yeah, how much I'm, rhythm do you have? How much rhythm? I, but I'm Jewish at the same time, so <laughs> it kills the rhythm. You know? <laughs> I have the rhythm, and my Jewishness kills the rhythm. Come on, I'll tell you what, I've never met a Jewish Brazilian. Yeah, that's the problem because uh, it's very frustrating. Because Why? it is not. It's not uh, easy to be a Jew from a third world country because you want the money yeah. and there's no money around. So Is there no money around in no, Brazil? No, I live in a very poor country, my friend. Is it all in... Um, let's get out of this nightclub. Oh, and nice. Okay, okay. okay um, oh, that was nice. That was a nice that little was, dance. That was very good. I thought I'd make you feel at home with a little bit of samba. I did, I did feel at home and I did feel <laughs> close to my parents and my relatives. Thank you very much. Oh, for you're absolutely welcome. Yeah. How, how do you say thank you in Portuguese? Obrigado. Obrigado. Oh, wow, that obrigado. is be- obrigado. Yes, perfect. Oh, that's beautiful. The r, the r, it's a problem. R, obrigado. Yeah. Remember, I'm je suis français. Huh? Ah, so je suis français. Yeah. The Americans will say. So my name is actually Rafael. Rafael. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they say hey, Rafael. They, oh yeah, they like the teenage. Raffi. They say Rafi. So I, Raffi. I just embrace the Rafi. In all fairness, Rafi is a cool nickname. I do like it. Yeah, he's a little Brazilian. It's a little Jew as well, so it kind of fits. <laughs> it fits. It fits. It's a nice little melange. Yes, melange. Yeah, it's perfect. Do you have melange in Portuguese? Melange is like a slang. Oh, okay. For? See, it is. It is. No, no. Melange en, en français is uh, uh, like a mix. So, like for example, if you uh, put all the ingredients of a cake in a bowl and then you melange it together, uh, you mix it up together, and then uh, so melange. And melange. I, I, qu- I, I want to bring it in the English language. I think it's an English language. Okay, melange. Melange. Yeah. Well, it looks. It sounds a little French, no? It is, but uh, the the British. Okay. Actually, the UK used to speak French for a long time because. The, I don't know when exactly, but you know, 1066 is when William the Conqueror went to the UK and fucking invaded everything. Okay, perfect. I think, something like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of the kings and stuff, they, they spoke was, French. I thought that I was learning, but then you started to, to doubt yourself. I'm just sort like, of improvising the history. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's something along those lines. That's one of the reasons why on the uh, English crescent, okay. uh, it says Dieu est mon droit. Uh, which is God and my right, mm-hmm. so it's, and it's not in English, yeah, which is because the the French and the British they were always at it. Perfect. Like Romeo and Juliet, you know, they 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 don't want to fuck, uh-huh. but no, they they shouldn't fuck. Do but, you think but they, they want did to. fuck? And the story never told. Was that? The, do you think that Romeo and Juliet they actually had sex? Oh, they definitely did. Do you think that? Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels so innocent, and uh, it didn't feel that dirty. I cannot think about like Romeo I think penetrating Juliet. I don't know. Well, you don't have to phrase it like that. Okay, penetrating was, yeah, Juliet. That's like, <laughs> that is <laughs> gross. <laughs> I will penetrate Juliet. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore are there, Romeo? Well, I'm, in, I'm inside your fucking yes. pussy, yeah? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Romeo. <laughs> that wouldn't be part of the story, right? Yeah, we would never know. But Shakespeare talks a lot about sex. Yeah. He just does it very poetically. Oh, yeah. Not like we do. 
No, but I almost want to bring it back, like the Shakespearean way. Like, for example, uh, in, in Othello, he says, uh, uh, the beast with two backs. And I like that because, you know, when you're like embracing someone and uh-huh. you're having sex and generally this is a heterosexual relationship, okay. right? You, you're holding on to each other. And so like this one form that you create has two backs. I didn't and get so, it, the two backs thing. And so I like that. That like How the two backs? Explain to me. So let's say... For Let example, me think of visually. What's the two okay, backs? Okay, so Rafi, okay. gets close to me and hold okay, me, okay. right? And you're holding, holding, on, you're okay. holding on to me, okay, right? Okay, hold you. It feels okay. good. It feels very good. My God, you're so strong oh, and big. Oh, I know, I know. Oh my God, you're so big. <laughs> <laughs> so muscly. I know. Um, so because we're holding on to each other okay. now, right? Oh. We've, we've got two backs, oh God, right? Okay, perfect. And... Um, And I quite like that. I was like, that's quite a poetic mm. way of saying, you know, missionary. Okay. <laughs> The missionary position. Thing, thing. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Yeah, we are getting dirty and dirtier every time and the poetry is over. The po- well, I'm bringing back the poetry. Okay. I'm going to try. But also like, uh, you know, the word fuck and cunt and, and, you know, whatever, those awful words, they are still poetic. It just depends how you use it. Of you know, course. If, you, if people just keep saying fucking hell and fucking this, and fuck, which is, honestly, I do that a lot. Okay. But like, if you drop a, a, just a delicious little fuck you in, in our stand-up, like, okay. ooh, ooh, it just, oh. ooh. You add that to the melange of the stand-up. Yeah, perfect. And it's, uh, it's delicious. I think we cannot depend on the curse, but always add a little. Oh, yeah, like, you're I absolutely curse, right. I curse a lot. But uh, it was it, crazy because I was, I was doing this, uh, this tape. I was trying to send a tape for a late show. Yeah. Okay. And you can curse at all. Oh, so to explain to any listener that, uh, what that means, basically in America, yes. you do a bit like you do five minute stand up yes. and then you can send it to Jimmy Kimmel or Conan yes. or whatever. And you have to film that yourself. Generally, the bookers, they won't be around yes. to, to find you. Yes. So that's, that's crazy. So how did, how did that go? Uh, I, you know, I didn't. Ah, oh, man, it's like I didn't want to do the late show thing. It looks a little lame now, you know? It was right. huge, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, you know, I did, uh, like, what we are doing right here, sometimes yeah. it's just even bigger. Yes, I like agree with bug, you. if you have your own podcast, so the game co- changed comp- completely. It's true. Like, before, like, to do Conan was... Uh, I mean, it's still... Don't get me wrong. It's still amazing. Yeah. Well, I would still like to do Conan or Jimmy Kimmel or, or whatever. Will, pretty right? soon. I, I'll get there. But, but what you mean is that, like, when people used to do it, They used to then be able to go on tour around America oh, just from yeah. that one video. Well, now it's just like, oh, it's that's nice. Oh. It's that's all it is. Oh, that's oh, nice. Oh, look how he did. Although I will say, uh, do, 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 have you ever seen Ismo? Yes, he's a Finnish yes. comedian, mm-hmm. and so I think people can get not lucky, but like actually their video can then go viral. Yeah, but like he, his video was viral, and it was what he did was perfect. He told it was he, great. It was five minutes, it was smart, it was about one subject, so it was, one, very, yeah. hard. It was very easy to market inside YouTube, so it was, I think... It was perfect, it yeah, was perfect. And, and, and actually people can it relate to it, especially me and you actually can relate to it, because he's so, Finnish, you are Brazilian, and I'm French, mm-hmm. and so the joy of being bilingual and noticing little differences mm-hmm. that people don't realize is actually very fun, and his was, was just about the word shit, yes, of course. and how it's multitaskable mm-hmm. in all sort of sentences it's a um, great it's a great stuff but uh but you speak fluently right it was it, yeah. it's, it is your language you actually speak English. so my first language was flemish which was not like dutch 
And that's from the north side of Belgium. How do you say uh, fuck in Flemish? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. So I was like, I was really like sm- small. And then okay. I and then I moved. I'm happy that you didn't know how to say the word "fuck" <laughs> when you were really yeah. small. It makes me comfortable. <laughs> no, actually, I, I had good parents until they okay. fucked up. But uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then French was my second language. But right now, I feel more natural in English. Like you can hear that I sound British. You do, even though Brexit. This is the weird thing. So Brexit happens on March 29th, potentially. Mm-hmm. From that point, I may not be able to enter the country that I think I associate with. Uh, unless I apply to enter. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that strange? You need a visa? I'll need a visa to go back to my fucking country. No, I can't. Which doesn't oh, make any I sense. I believe it, man. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I just got my, my, my visa to, to work here in America. It was like one month ago. Oh, the O one. Yeah. The one visa. Oh, one visa. So how long have you been in LA? Now 10 months. I just arrived, oh, okay. man. I just arrived. I arrived last year. It took me a long time to come, you know? Yeah. I... I is not actually my first time here in America. I used to live here. Oh, yeah? In, yeah, at the end of the 90s. <clears throat> uh, I got a scholarship to play basketball here. What? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense why you're so big and tall yeah. now. Okay. They gave me a scholarship to play basketball in Nebraska. Wow. Nebraska. That would have been so weird. Isn't it so did you, did you go? Did you do I this? did. Yeah, well, of course. you just. I did just a little bit because I got injured. Oh, and man. And I had to go back to Brazil to do surgery. And I... Decided to stay in Brazil because I got a a, t- a good team playing me good money and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and internet was just starting and I decided to stay there and learn a little okay. more and not come back and I regret it for a long time. Was that not going back? Not, not going back. Go, not going back. Not coming back to America right. and try the basketball thing, which was my dream. I was right. that was my dream. So I never thought that I would have another chance to succeed here in this country. Right. So this for so me... So check you out. You've done it twice, you yes, motherfucker. Yeah, That's know. insane. Isn't Dude, it crazy? Like, here you go. High five. That's Is, very American. Isn't it crazy? Like, I never thought that I had a second chance. So this, for me, this run now... Yeah. I can't mess it up. I won't give oh, up. Oh, you won't. Because I, w- I regret it so much the first time I did. I yeah. know it was just a little bit. It was it was small. I was just yeah, playing yeah. basketball. I decided not to come back. Of course. But I kept dreaming about because I, I didn't actually pursue what I was what I was really right, into. Right. But actually, so that's actually, uh, in a way, it's a good thing that that happened to you. Because now you're here, but you're also determined. Yes. Because now you have that fuel of mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go back yeah, again. Like, I know. And that's actually... A needed thing to have this fuel, of this essence. And, it, and now it's difficult. I feel it's not that it's difficult. It's difficult for everybody. But what, I have, to come here? No, it's like I have my kid in Brazil. I have right. a kid. Right, right, right. He's an eight-year-old. Eight year and uh, it's difficult because uh, I miss him like crazy. And for him, it's... Is uh, is difficult. It, it must be very hard. He yeah. Is. Last time I left Brazil, he said something. That, unfortunately, I will never forget. He said, uh, "Daddy, if you, if I'm the most important thing in your life, why are you leaving?" Oh, mate. You know how hard is it is. Heartbreaking. To hear that yeah. your kid think that he's that important. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that is difficult to deal with. This, of course. You know, because he's eight, and I'm. I'm his hero, and yeah. uh, and now I'm just like just ran away. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's interesting. I'm actually in a way. I'm in a way your your child in the future because my dad, mm-hmm. he was a jockey and he was a really good jockey, 
And so uh, who was small? Who was very, tiny? Oh, so small. You're I, not small. You're tall. No, very tall. There's a picture of. I, I keep basically anytime my dad comes up and I say that he's a jockey, everyone keeps saying that. Oh, and okay. so there is a picture of me on Instagram. If you scroll, and it's of me standing next to my dad, and then my dad next to his dad. And he's also a jockey, and he's also smaller, and it's just this beautiful <laughs> sort of like like the climate change chart where it slowly gets <laughs> higher and higher, kind of thing. Uh, the temperatures are rising. Um, but yeah, so he used to travel around all the time, and I remember my dad being the hero for me yeah. because uh, one day uh, a teacher slapped me right at school, and. Because I couldn't understand something. I was actually a good boy. I used to do my homework and everything like that. And he slapped me. And I was like, oh, that's odd. Like, I don't think that's good. And I went back to my you know, home and then told my parents. And my dad was like, oh, okay. And uh, he drove me to school. Uh-huh. And he normally doesn't drive me to school the next day. But he, uh, he drove me to school. And he was like, who's your teacher? And I pointed at the teacher. And he went up to him. And this teacher was quite tall. He was almost as tall as you kind okay. of thing. And my dad this is a small man. And he goes, if you hit my kid or any other kid again, I'm going to come back for you, right? But as he, he was saying that, as he had his hand around the teacher's throat uh. and he lifted him up <gasps> in, the, like, in the air. And I was like, dude, that is fucking badass, right? Oh. Totally badass. And, uh, and so I remember just thinking, oh, he's sort of my hero. And were you like, surprised that he got that mad? Or were you surprised that he... He was actually wasn't even mad. He, he was, was calm. Oh, he was calm. Which was scarier. Because okay. mad is like someone that can't control the emotions. Yeah. Calm is like, oh, I've got it in me. Uh-huh. And don't fucking do that again. Oh. And that's scarier, right? Um, but it was, um, I, I, that memory is clearly important to me because before that, um, he traveled a lot, all the time, right? And he was just gone all the time. And that was, you know, in hindsight, hard. Like now it's like, I'm 32, you know, I've dealt with it. Is, so, he, is he still around? He's still, I mean, he's still around in, like, he lives in the UK. Okay. Uh, and I don't see him as much now. But, you know, we've got a good relationship because of uh, FaceTime and Skype and stuff like that. How many times a week you speak with your father? Probably once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's good enough. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Okay. Like, mum, maybe two. Oh, that's know, a lot. A bit more. A bit more. That's good. That's but it's, good. A, it's a lot. It's, uh, I, say it's a, I say it's, I'm catching up mm-hmm. because I spent about 17 years not really sort of talking to them properly. Got it. You know? I have to actually think about it. A little more. Was that? Ah, uh, yeah. To get closer to my parents, they are not. You know, they are not young. I'm 42. Right, right. right. So they're. You're 42. I am 42. Fucking hell! I Brazilian am. skin is delicious. I know, man. Man, it's you because, look great. It's because we have this thing in Brazil that is very good for your skin called happiness. Ah. It's kind of a. It's like a. But uh, I have to catch up. You know. Oh, oh, that, that's this some. Is I mean, in all hey. fairness, this is an African tribe. But you know drumming. what? We are recording this while carnival is happening. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I, I had uh, my own little tiny carnival for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so. I feel, I feel at home. It's I nice, feel, right? I feel at home. Hey, 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 Bye, uh, Mama is his name. That was his name. Is that right? Yeah, Mama is his name. Oh, beautiful. Uh, um, but yeah. I have to catch up and I have to call my parents a little more. And what I felt, and I don't know if you felt the same thing, it's like when I left home to pursue my career, I needed to kind of uh, 
cut the laces. Is does that is that a, a thing? Like cut the. Well, I understand what you cords. mean visually. Cut the umbilical cord. Almost. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of made myself distant, and that distance grew right. every time that I was searching for something else. Right, right. Because I, you know. I didn't want any judgment because right. I'm doing comedy and I come from a very small city and I don't want anybody that And also it's relatively new in Brazil to do stand up, right? It like is. it's it's not like the UK or America no. where it's been going for 80 the you know, since the 80s at no, least. No, no, no. So no, in America it's like since the, I don't know the 40s or 30s. Yeah, it's a long long, you know. You know like tradition. Uh, Lenny Bruce is from the 50s or 60s, right. so it's it's a long time ago. But now in Brazil I was actually it was a group of like five or six guys mm. and I was part of this group and the pioneers of stand-up in Brazil and we started to do in 2003, I think, 2004. Right. Yes, actually, I'll mention this to the listeners that uh, you're actually, you know, one of the biggest comics in Brazil. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Like, I've, so that's, mm-hmm. that must be an interesting challenge to move here and start again and, and obviously I know that because there's a comedian called Gad Elmaleh, mm-hmm. who I sort of grew up watching in oh, France. Nice. And then I, I performed for him. I featured for him in, uh, in Paris. You and did? then he invited me in, in America and stuff like that. But you did in French? In French and in English, oh, which was amazing. Oh, nice. But, um, but even for me... like Is he cool? Very cool. Oh, very, nice. very I met him. I met him in a club the other day, and he was very, very sweet. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a great guy. Right, right. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely lovely. And for me, you know, like I had a little career in the UK and mm-hmm. it's still building. But thankfully, I think it's building over there and it's building over here and it's building sort of together. Right? You think still building there, even you're here? Yeah, because I've got a really good team. Like my agent over there is just an absolute fucking boss. And the good thing is that you're speaking English here and they do speak English there. So right. the content that you kind of do here... It's it's yeah it, it, it translates know, it and translates. I speak French and it's, it's all good yeah it's not like me like in Brazil there's not that many people that speak English at right. all oh right right so right. that's why it's very difficult to do this transition I'm the first you know what I'm t- maybe what I'm telling you is I think Gad was the first one to do this transition like okay I don't speak English yeah. my country doesn't speak English and I'm trying to be big in the, in the other country Well that's the he's the first one that ha, that was one of the biggest comics in their country right because yeah. otherwise loads of people try that No yeah but yeah he was able to do it with um yeah, the, the people that was already a success, like yes. huge in yeah, the yeah. country, and then they tried. To the point where he was like, I'm done here. Yeah. Because he'd, he'd done everything, kind of That's thing. That's how I felt. Right, right, I did wow. Every, I did everything that I wanted to do. I'm not saying that everything was a success. Right, right. Because it wasn't. I did, I failed of course. a lot. Because I, I tried so many different things. I thought it was kind of my, my duty to try stuff. That's and great. To though. be over, the, like, uh, to, to do uh, risky jokes and not apologize because of some jokes. So I thought it was my duty to do this for yeah, yeah, all yeah. comedians and all my friends and everything else. And clearly that worked. It worked, but I lost a lot of things as, uh, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, I bet you've got such a fucking interesting story. I got, I lost, uh, you know, I got like death threats and. Uh, oh, really? Oh, well, I've had death threats as well from something, yeah. Death but threats and. Uh, uh, I lost a lot of money because of lawsuits. What? Because of jokes. Oh, yeah. What did you do? You know, there, I did some jokes. I 
Oh, did you actually? Here's a question. I um, did a lot of jokes that put me in trouble. But did Seriously. you? Can I ask? Did you do? And there's no judgment here. You can judge me. But don't did worry. you? Um, did you do jokes that were other people's, but then you translated into Portuguese? Never. Because I know that's so. Like in yeah. France, for example, and in fact, I, I believe Gad did it with Jerry Seinfeld, right? And uh, okay, you but, know that. Okay, but, because yeah, yeah, that's a little. It's a little. Uh, there's some videos of him doing the same jokes. No, no, no. But but they know that. Oh, they know. So Gad and Jerry, firstly, they're friends, and they know each other. And I okay. believe that they got to know each other over that thing. And I don't. I, it's no judgment on Gad. Mm-hmm. In, actually, what what actually happens a lot, uh, and still now, is that some countries that are new to stand up don't realize that they can't do that. They can't do that. I'm and sorry, so, Eric. It's time enough for them to know oh, it that is it's time. wrong. You know, but like but now I, with YouTube and everything else, when we didn't have YouTube, I could understand. But now, stand up is something. That, yeah, but think know, think about it. Like for example, but that happened in I, Brazil. That happened in Brazil. But like, oh, for sure, I'm sure. Uh, but like for uh, for me, mm. you know, I I want to do my show in English and in French, okay. And I I would like to learn Spanish and and Japanese one day, okay. right? Uh, well, I sort of am, but um. For example, I can't speak Croatian. So if my whole show can be translated into Croatian by a comic that can perform it really well, right? I would love that. Now, I'd, I'd want them to ask permission and then I would give it to them. But the idea that it's translated and just spread somewhere else, I quite enjoy the idea. <sighs> like... I don't... Because you, we can't all speak the same language. I understand. Like all the languages. And I will not judge you, but to see someone doing something that I created for me, it's like death. <laughs> oh, my God. Because it was so hard for me at first to introduce stand-up in Brazil and to explain to people, you know, what I'm doing here is not a joke that I got from a book, right, which right. there's a lot in Brazil. Like those yeah, jokes yeah. that people do like on street street jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's what they or call dad jokes, we call them as well, yeah. It's like street jokes in Brazil. There's a lot of people who do it. What I introduce in Brazil is the concept of, okay, this is what I wrote and this is my material. Right. So I'm very uh, protective yeah, yeah, yeah. of the things. I, I completely understand what you said. And I think if you treat this as a play, yeah, yeah. Then I can okay. Right, right. It's like it's a package. I formed a package. I'm right. selling this package. I completely understand you're creative enough, but you know what? Unfortunately, I'm not this guy who writes <laughs> a lot. So the jokes that I write is like I love them right, so right. much, and I'm and I stick with them. You see, I, d- I do sometimes think of stand up as a play. Uh, I come from a theatre background, but also. Uh, in the UK, we have the Edinburgh Festival that we mm-hmm. do every year. And basically, the way it is, it's like comedians work on their stand-up for 11 months, mm-hmm. and then they show it off to all their friends in August, okay. right, at the Edinburgh Festival. And it's like our homework, uh, you know, okay. and, I, and I quite like that. And so the idea of, like, I'm writing a show at the moment, uh, and I am coming to the Edinburgh Festival this year, if anyone nice. is going to be there. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, if it, it'll, be such, it'll be literally such a show okay. that it will become like a play. And obviously mm-hmm. in there, there'll be stand-up that's very unique to me. But actually the structure and the story is one big monologue. And so if someone was to then learn that in Chinese and perform it... But it's... Mo- it's oh, oh, oh that'd be wonderful. But is this monologue about your life or something? It is very, very much about my life. Okay. So, it's, so it, it'd be a unique story that wouldn't work for that performer but you know when I do the to be or not to be monologue that is the Hamlet's soliloquy about suicide Uh I'm not Hamlet 
but 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 I use the word and then I go, look, how? Why was he writing this? Why? Well, why was Shakespeare writing this, or why was Hamlet saying this? You get into the skin of it, right? And I, that's maybe because you know I come from. I, I love acting. Okay, that's my main thing. And so the idea that someone, no, you look at um, Rami Malek who played uh, Freddie Mercury. He's not Freddie Mercury, but he fucking embodied him and he sang his song just like Freddie did. Uh-huh. Right? That's why he won an Oscar, because actually he did a fucking smashing job. Uh-huh. The idea that somewhere in, let's say, China, someone would do my play, but try and embody how I truly feel about what I'm saying. This, isn't just, like, this show isn't just going to be jokes about my dick. There will be. But this is like, I'm going to tell a story that I was too scared of telling about my past. Mm-hmm. And I'm now going to tell it. And if someone can perform it and make me proud to watch them perform my story, ah, oh, I'd love that. Eric, I just admire how deep you are. <laughs> I, I like dick jokes. <laughs> I love a dick joke. You got to have a dick joke. I'm just kidding. I think it's like I need to find the right way to tell my story. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find yet. That's why. Have you ever done the Edinburgh Festival? No, I never did. Oh, I, I, did a G- would, I did a GFL. That's cool. I would love to do the Edinburgh Festival. The Edinburgh Festival is like 30 days long, right? And so you perform your show every day for an hour, like an hour every day, which I'm sure you've done back in Brazil yes, anyway, right? a lot of times, yeah. But you do it and you're, there's 3,000 shows going on around you and everyone is there just having a good time. You're meeting comedians from all over the world and what's great about there is just, lo- just like JFL but longer, you know, the... Actually, how I got JFL was from Edinburgh. How I got Johannesburg was from Edinburgh and stuff like that. So it's a great place to then spread your, you know, your, your skill. Mm-hmm. And I think you, if you, certainly if you could then also talk about your life in Brazil, because that's what interests me. You know, I, sometimes I, I look at comedians who are very good, very strong. And I've certainly, I, w- I was that, I'd say, for many years of my career. I watch some comedians and I go, yeah, these are really good jokes, mm-hmm. but who are you? Yeah. And can you make some really good jokes about you and your life? Like when you tell me about this whole Brazil thing and then your kid being away mm-hmm. and shit like that, I'm like, yeah, I want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Because that's like, that's hardcore. Uh, yeah. You know, like the things that you got death threats and then you got like, uh, and you got lawyers and lawsuits, all of that. I'm like... I didn't find the proper way to tell that story. I tried many different ways of telling this. Uh, I really like to write jokes. Uh, sometimes what I do is like I kind of uh, express a whole subject for a little bit. I wish, and I still have to learn a lot. What because you, what happened was, Eric? I know that I'm good. If you put me in a in a lineup with other comedians, I do really well. Even the big ones, in a 15 minute set, or maybe I'm I'm doing my my. I'm headlining some clubs now. Right. I did Gotham in New York. I oh, did nice. the Left Boston. I'm headlining yum, clubs yum. because I have a lot of the Brazilian audience that follows right. me, so I can pack a I can pack a place and I can. Pack That's a amazing. Show. It's, which is which yeah, because there's great. a lot of Brazilians here, right? But the thing is, what I'm thinking right now is that I know that I'm funny, but the thing is, I could do my Netflix special in English now. Right. I could do because I have a very good relationship with them. I did my I just launched my Netflix special like six months ago in in, in Portuguese Brazil. and wow. did really, really well. And what was uh, it called? It was called the Ultimatum. 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 Yeah. And on that show 
I uh, kind of expand about my lawsuits and everything for 50 minutes, and, and I did a great job. Right, right. Uh, and, 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 I, and I found a way of telling that story. But what I want to do now is find something really, really special. Yeah. It's because jokes are not enough anymore. You know? Have you... Have you because if you think about have it... Have you ever tried going on stage and just improvising? It's, because that, right, mate, that changed... So for me, when I first started stand-up, know, man, the, the first four years... for me to see silence. It's like... The first like, four years of my stand-up were either amazing or terrible. And people in the UK will remember, like, my UK comedy friends and stuff. Because I used to improvise pretty much the entire thing. I used to just go on stage and just see what happens. Okay. It's one of the reasons why some clubs still don't book me. Because they still remember me as that guy that would just be chaos. Okay. Utter chaos. And uh, I did my Edinburgh show where I basically improvised the whole thing. And a lot of comedians were like, man, that, t- you know, that takes balls. But also at the same time, it was bad. Because it was so absent. Sometimes people yeah. were like, man, he's improvising the whole thing. That's amazing. And sometimes they were like, wow, that's clearly improvised. Uh-huh. And I had no backup. I had no f- backup. To, like, in case it, you know, the improv doesn't work, I, n- I didn't have any jokes to fall back on. No? So I then started writing jokes. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. And I finally sort of learned. How- I'm still actually learning how to write jokes, honestly. Okay. And just doing it. Now I can do that. And I'm going back to... And, and, and having those two skills is what I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. If I just went straight into writing jokes and then I was scared of getting out of the script, if you like, because a lot of comedians who are fucking amazing at performing mm-hmm. their script and at writing their script stay to the script. I completely understand. And, and that is still beautiful. But then I'm like, ah, you're not in the moment. And, you, and one of the reasons why audiences come out of their fucking boring lives, just like all of us, we've all got lives when we need some fucking distraction, mm-hmm. is to really feel like, am I really here? <laughs> right? Am I in this fucking reality? Am I on my own here? Mm-hmm. And when you can get... Like, I don't understand. I'm getting angry now. <laughs> okay, you do. In Los Angeles, uh, so much comedy is crap, mm-hmm. I think. And... Then audiences go out of the comedy night and go, was that live comedy? I could have just stayed at home and watched Netflix, right? You, if you make people come out of their house, you've got to make them walk out and go, fucking hell, that was live comedy. That, that excitement. And so it doesn't mean that everyone has to do it, but like sometimes I wish some comedians mm-hmm. just jumped out of their script to show the audiences that, hey, I'm actually really here. Because otherwise you're just a robot telling your jokes. Let me... <laughs> Sorry, that was a rant. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> I agree. I have one limitation. Go on. Every time that I try to improvise, the jokes come in Portuguese in my head. Oh, yeah, I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. So it takes a long time for me to do this process of translate. I yeah, lose yeah. timing. is difficult, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I... <laughs> no, it's no, difficult. No, I, it's, Every time that I go out of script, I'm, I was like, okay, so where are you guys from? And he said, like, Scotland. And I have, like, five jokes. Yeah, you got jokes in, in Portuguese. Head. you got to translate but it. Yeah. I have to translate. And if I mess up a word... I have to, sometimes what I do is like I question the audience. Am I saying this right or wrong? It's like uh, sometimes people don't even understand what I say. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, when you're improvising, your head is working fast, and then your so mouth, you're, you're mumbling. It's difficult, bro. Mate, the first. The so first, what I decided. It, I'm sorry on, to yeah, sorry. No, What I decided was to take the first year of my career here in America yeah. to write jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To write jokes. 
memorize them and do them in a way that people think is coming out, you know, right, right. like I do it in Portuguese. Yeah, and yeah. now I feel this. Okay. It's like they are coming out of my mouth very naturally and I'm doing really, really well. And I trust a lot of my material. It's material. Right. I wrote those jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, I love the way you speak, by the way. And you know, okay. There's gravitas. I, it's material. Yes. And I'm like, material. oh, I like that. It's material. But what I'm saying is, what you have to think about is, I built this thing in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people that do stand up in Brazil right now was inspired by me. It's cool. That's this very is, cool. It is cool. But at the same time, I didn't have that many people that I could be inspired by. By, yeah. Oh, that's... A, I, you know how I construct that phrase? That was beautiful. It was awesome. I'm so proud. Sometimes I just say <laughs> things and I'm like, fuck, this guy speaks English, huh? And, uh... Yes, yeah, so you have to bear in mind, listeners, that he is speaking a second language. And, and what I was going to tell you was that uh, when I watched but, Gad's... Uh, English show in mm -hmm. London mm -hmm. and this was like I think the second time he was doing it ever you could tell that after half an hour he even said on stage oh, I am so tired oh, la, la. because even though he was doing it uh, in English uh, with a French accent and all that he was getting tired and it's the same thing with me when I I've been doing stand-up for 11 years mm -hmm. but only really three years in French maybe four years in French and the first time The idea of improvising in French, even though it's my first, like it's my mother tongue, I couldn't do it. And it's the same thing with you, is that actually like, you know, being here, you already just have to concentrate on writing jokes. Yes. This that, is what I'm doing right that now. That it's hard to get to both. Mm -hmm. But if you host, have you ever hosted here? No. Because for some reason in America, they look down on hosting yeah. when it's like, actually, you're the glue of the fucking comedy night. Isn't it crazy? It's, I love hosting because then you're in and the you moment do, with and the And you do very well. Thank you very much. In fact, we had a show at the Improv last week together. It sucked. But I did one on, uh, well, I did a few ones in Santa Monica with you and they were all great. Oh, did you have fun? Yes, I I'm did. I'm not judging you. Eh? No, no, no. And you great. No, no. Nah. It's you know, it's difficult. I have a lot of different challenges. The first one is do shows for like eight people for me is difficult. Oh, yeah. You know why? <laughs> well, you probably did stadiums. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was doing shows for like 2,000 people and I left Brazil. And now right, right. I'm, not, uh, I'm not putting down these shows. What right. I'm saying is they are difficult because I have to kind of uh, bring people to me. You got to start the energy again. When you totally do, it's not only the energy. It's like sometimes they are not there to hear material. Right. They want to talk to you. You just have to to make them be part of the show. So where are you from? So uh, why are you guys together for? The, you make some connections and improvise, right. and that's very hard for me. Yeah. Because well, as I said before, it's all comes in but my that's head a, in but Portuguese. That's great. That's exactly what you need. Yes, that's I know. exactly what you I need. Know. I have to jump for it. And, and also, I don't. it's humbling. Like, mate, I was humbled when I moved here. Like I was saying, the careers were going quite well in both. Mm -hmm. But moving back, moving here, I was like, oh, I'm restarting again. Yes. And it's it's tough. But I'm restarting, and I'm kind of at the same level, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But like for you, it's like you're restarting, and. 
Mate, you had a you had a massive safety net back at home. I, I do, you know, and I you still do. Really. I cannot. Yeah, I can't complain. You know, the money's still coming. You know, it's all, <laughs> I have a comedy club there. It's always all working. You've got your own comedy yeah, club I there. Yeah, my comedy club, the same size as the Improv in Brazil. It's my comedy. Yours? Club. Yes. That is insane. <laughs> yes, I do. It's called Comedians. Let me show some pictures. Oh, uh, well, not now. We're no, on okay. the podcast. Okay, okay. Third. <laughs> I forgot that we had my. <laughs> But the thing is, I still have that that place that is safe for me. But what I'm is exciting. It's very exciting for me to do uh, shows here, right? Because every time that I go on stage, I have a chance to watch other people performing their styles and get inspired by. And I sometimes I'm I'm surprised by those other comedians and the things that they are writing. Yeah. And I feel inspired, and I see that I am not that good like I thought I was. It's like so. One one thing I noticed about countries that are, that are a little bit behind mm-hmm. is that they do jokes generally that like people have never heard of before. But because they, you know, and because stand up is new, they start at the slightly newer stuff, which for the UK and the US is like stuff that we used to do in the eighties, kind of thing. Like what? So, like so what? sometimes there's like a delay. Like what? So like uh, so you're talking about subjects or jokes, sometimes uh, subjects like differences between men and women, this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that oh, kind okay. of stuff. Don't okay. get me wrong. There's fucking plenty of people still doing it here, okay. and I do it. Okay. It's it's not that, but it's just like, um, for example, every joke that Jimmy Carr has done, let's say, you know, the, the phrases or Stephen Wright or, or whatever, mm-hmm. those one-liners joke. No one can ever do them again in English, okay. right? So all of a sudden, we're running out of jokes and we have to get more and more and more creative. While in, let's say, Portuguese or in Croatian or, or Egyptian or whatever, those jokes that have never been said before can be said. Okay. And so actually, those are the ones that are generally being said first. And then people are getting... And also, like, when you... A country where stand-up first starts, no one has to be really weird. Or really strange, or or, or very different. They, you know, yeah, like one no. end or the other spectrum. No, because no. because actually, because you've never had stand up, you can get normal people. Yes. And so actually, uh, when in countries where they first start, people are actually just the the everyman. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you find that? Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, and every every man, every woman. You know. The, yes. Apologies. What I think it was it was. Uh, I kind of a shine a little bit is because I was doing some jokes that people were afraid of doing it, and uh, could could you sh- share one? And uh, no, bear- the, uh, no I, I don't say the joke, but I'm uh, like I. Let me I've see. even got mate just to make you feel at home. I have uh, I have my ready. I've got like uh, a few people that live on my island. Okay, and uh, they are like they can really make a good uh, uh, stadium sound. Guys, can you just do a quick practice? Okay. So that's okay. great. That's really nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So, uh, stop. Stop in one go. Oh, wow. Very good. They oh, stopped thank in you. Thank one you. go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, um, so uh, I'll bring you on. Okay. And then you can just do one joke. Okay. And you can do it in Portuguese if you like. I'll try. It's even more beautiful. Okay. I'll, okay, do, no, I'll, do, I'll do it in English. Do it in uh, English. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Rafi Bastos. Oh, thank you. Thank you very, oh. very much, guys. I'm very happy to be here. You know. I want to share something really special to you guys. At this day, eight years ago, I found out that I became a father. Oh. I actually became a father, yeah. You know, the kid was already 22 years old, but I must say is that uh, everything changed in a man's mind after he has a baby, everything. Like, his ideas, his opinions, like, now I am pro-abortion. And what I think is... Okay, thank you very much, guys. That was my time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Uh, those nice. jokes, those jokes, I translated to English and they work just like they did in Portuguese. Yes, and that's beautiful. But what I, this kind of jokes, uh, like abortion oh, Of course, so you did puns as well that only worked in the Portuguese language. So you lost a lot of that. Oh, I lost a lot, a yeah. lot of jokes. I can, You know, I'll tell you some stories. Uh, there are some jokes that when I translated, they... It's not that they lost the meaning. It's just that the culture is different. Right. And sometimes it's like, it's a little too controversial. The, the thing is funny. Right. It's not as funny as it was in Portuguese. Like I have this joke that I say, uh, I saw this guy the other day with a t-shirt. He was a black guy with a t-shirt. He was written 100% black. He was very proud of his race. He was like 100% black. I pointed to the palm of his hand and said, 99%. Right. Like, <laughs> so, and I, and he, he wasn't offended. He even smiled. And I said, 98%. <laughs> okay. right. So I, when I, I used to do this joke, it was just like a silly joke that I was doing right, in the right. middle of my act in Brazil. And I was just throwing this out there. When I did this joke in English, yes, it was like, oh... It was tough because th there is this race discussion and there's right. racism and everything else. So, but I, I, people but are now, very sensitive at the moment. Yeah, I know, but now I have to set up. If I want to do this joke here in America, I have to set up as a misunderstanding. It's like, okay, let me tell you something. We don't have racism, that much racism in Brazil. And by racism, you mean like you the know, sort we, of skin color? Yeah, skin, we, don't, you don't, we don't actually divide people that much for skin color. We, of course, I'm not saying that we don't have races. We do I'm have. Sure, yeah, I know what you mean. But it's like we are not that sensitive. So Basically, what you're saying is America, get your shit yeah, together. Your because shit together. Yeah. honestly, like there is racism everywhere. But when I moved here, I was like, wow. I was never so aware of different races that I am here. Yeah. In Brazil, I couldn't even care less. But I'm saying is there is still racism in Brazil. Oh, but here, I acknowledge that. But, uh, can, I, can I ask? No, no, what what just, is? Can I just quickly ask? Okay. What is the? Is the? Is there a sort of divide? Like in the UK, there is classism, mm -hmm. right? Where like rich versus poor. Yes. In Japan, supposedly there is like anyone that has different blood types. I'm yes. sure it's not big, but like there is that. Where? Yeah, in Japan, wow. uh, d depending on your blood type, they treat you differently. Okay. Very strange. Cool. Uh, I'm sure you can keep it hidden. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what is... Try not bleed in public. <laughs> what is... Mm, mm, mm. Be positive. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is... Is there, is there a version of sort of like... Okay, they don't judge on skin color, but they do judge on it's this. Money. It's all about money. Of course it's money. It's money stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, it is money. But I'm saying... Uh, I'm not saying that it's not racism. Mm. But it's just that it's a, it's a, it's a mixed country. So it's even very hard to say who is black and who is not black. Right. It's not like here when you say, oh, it's a black guy. In Brazil, it's like, we are all kind of brown. So it's right, like, right, you, know, right, right. you know. And here you can see when, peop when people are like white. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you've yeah, been white oh, for... So you're from the Middle East. I can, yeah, you've uh, been you're, white you're, for quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> I know that you're from like the Missouri. That's, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. clearly from, from, from Nebraska. Right, right, right. But uh, in Brazil, we are all like, if you go to the subway at six o'clock in the afternoon, you, it's very difficult to see, to know who is oh, white and so who is black. That. And it was, you know, that, which, is, which is crazy. Uh, a little time ago, there was a law in Brazil that they... The, the universities, there was like a, a quota right. for black people. Okay. Because they were trying to make the 
the the country fair yeah, and yeah. just yeah, yeah, with yeah. the with the, the all the injustice that was in this country because there was slavery and everything right, else right. so they were like giving opportunities for black people yes because it was ha- harder for them to reach uh, university yeah i'm yeah. not saying that it was impossible it was harder so they of have course. a little quota basically what you're acknowledging is that things are easier for yeah, white people it is. which is it is, it is. i mean thank you be wrong like I understand why people get angry at the mm. word white privilege mm-hmm. because some people are poor as fuck and they're white I and they don't feel privileged. I know. But they, they don't understand that the umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's just refreshing to hear someone that knows what they're talking about. Yes. And, uh, but what I'm, what I'm saying is in Brazil, uh, like I, I come from the South. Right. Uh, and a lot of, there's a lot of blonde G- blonde little kids with blue eyes asking money in and they just live in the jungle yeah, and they're no, just like they, no, and they no, laugh and there's like horror sounds no, like no, I think no, you just watched a horror movie like children jungle. of the jungle not in the jungle but they ask money on the streets and like stop cars because they're poor as fuck yeah yeah but look like they came from Sweden yesterday well there is a rumor that uh, you know Hitler and the other Nazis moved to South America so maybe did you ever hear you this got rumor? yourself a couple of of Nazis. Maybe, I don't know, who knows. But uh, it's, it's if, so what I'm saying is uh, they create this quota to give opportunities for black people. Yeah. And that, th- there was a case that was like huge in Brazil of two twins and one was considered black and got a, a chance right. in university the other was considered white. So that's how we are. It's very difficult. It depends on time. Yeah, like, it depends on that. I don't one know. was born at 10.59, the other 11. Same, we couldn't have it. Same colors, same people. Yeah, there's, there's the same thing in South Africa. Uh, there's a great episode about apartheid that I, I just learned a little bit about apartheid with two white South Africans. So not greatest. Mm-hmm. But um, they spoke to me about how over there they have white, black and color. And the word colored obviously is bad ev- almost everywhere. But in South Africa, um, it's just another class. It's okay. another class of people, which yeah. is still bad because we're all human, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But um, back then, now this is going by memory. So again, my history is not perfect, but it was something along the lines of the history were black, mm-hmm. but the Japanese were colored. And because, because colored is closer to white, right? It's because of the trade that they had with those countries so they were trading really well with one country so that country was colored and the other country wow there was not a very good trade so they're black oh. and yet you would yeah you sort of you would put um you know like people from that side of the world kind of in this you'd think that they'd, they'd be like if you're racist you're putting them in the racist bucket mm-hmm. right but yet they were like oh yeah I'm, we're racist but actually that racist is is quite nice for trade, so we'll put them in a sort of gooder, oh. in a better. It was very strange. Is it kind of a good racism, though? Well, it's obviously well, not, it's not, a, it's a, no. I think it's almost a worse racism. Worse but racism. You've added money not onto a good it. Racism, the bad racism. Um, but uh, here is the, the 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 race talk is huge. I even have this joke. Uh, people don't know the difference between. I think I said this last week with uh, Daniel Sloss. Uh, you can talk about race, just don't be racist. Yes, and there is a, such an obvious difference. Yeah. Such an obvious difference. Yeah. Uh, but also, you have to bear in mind that uh, we're lucky that we, we travel a lot, right? Some people are just in their own country, and so they don't understand that actually races everywhere else does exist. Yeah, but you when you I mean? come here, you'll have to adjust. The culture here is different, so I cannot say the N-word, which is, we don't Would have... Would you say that in Brazil, though? No, there's not a word that you cannot say in Brazil when I talk about race. 
You can oh, say interesting. You can right. say negro. Negro is actually oh yeah. Right, actually, right. when you call, uh, it's a proper way to call a black guy. Oh, he's not black. He's negro. Oh, interesting. Preto, yeah, yeah. preto. But is, also, negro is is black, isn't it? It's it is, literally the translation it of is, black. Right? But if you call someone preto, preto is the color black. Okay. Right. Preto. Preto. Right. If you call someone preto, that's kind of a racist. But if you call them negro. Okay, that's right. my race, and you, that's it means that you're uh, that you're not being racist. Right, right, right. It's crazy. Interesting. Actually, South Africa has one. I can't remember what it is, and actually, that's a good thing because I don't want to know it. But it starts with a K, Kafa or whatever. It's oh, yeah. it's like and that. If you say that, like people, and again, it's understandable. It's because of where it comes from, right? So, like the N word in America. I mean, with their history <coughs> of slavery, that's yeah. Like I understand why that word should just sort of. I understand the dissipate, history. and same thing with the K word in in South Africa. It was used during apartheid and stuff like that, and and so like whatever word. If if you know, like if a group of people were called chicken mittens, right, but in a really bad yeah. way, yeah. at some point chicken mittens would but be that is, uh, terrible. Yeah, I, know. I know, but it's crazy that they have some forbidden words. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. Well, it's because, of, for example, it's because of how the words used, right? So uh, in in the UK, this is just based on my own experience. You know, if you call someone an Aussie, right, Australian, that's fine. Uh, you know, like in Britain, people are Brits. That's fine. Oh, he's a Brit. You know, Frenchy, Froggy, that's fine because, you know, nothing's really happened. But, uh, for example, uh, someone from Pakistan, right, you can't say the abbreviation of it, which is Paki, right, even though, you know, it's short for Pakistani. You said But because of... Because I'm not comfortable saying it. You That's why in, I said it. In you, the said, you said in a low volume, but you came closer to the microphone, so there was no no difference. No difference. But I I I felt uncomfortable saying it because basically in the UK, the way it's used and who it's used by, mm -hmm. they've ruined the word. Okay, got it. It's always the idiots that ruin everything for everyone else. That's the problem. But don't you think? I understand people don't want to hear those words. But don't you think that when you make that word forbidden, you kind of give it a little strength? Absolutely. You know, I, I agree I with that. I saw yeah. a special, I, Richard Pryor, it was one of the first comedy specials that I saw. And he said that he went to Africa. Right. And everybody called themselves the N-word because everybody, the, the place that he went, everybody was black. Right. So the word lost its meaning for right. him. Sure. So it wasn't that forbidden for him anymore. So when you kind of uh, create this ghost behind a word, you give that word a, straight, a, a strength and you give people, racist people, yeah. some kind of a power that they are not, uh, that, that is a fuck, that's fucked up. Yeah, but I, I think... I uh, understand people not using that word and yeah, feel yeah. offended. But at the same time, you give the word a strength that it wasn't supposed but things, to have. But things take time. I think uh, the evolution of words eventually will make it so that, well, hopefully, that every word is fine to say mm -hmm. and because it doesn't hurt people. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think, you know, in the, in the US, sometimes you do forget, and I say you, you know, one does forget that... Some people's grandparents were slaves, mm -hmm. you know, like, and actually that's not that fucking long ago. Yeah, My great grandma's still alive and she, she, she lived through two world wars. It's insane. Is she, she, right. How old is she? She's 102. So I think she was like one when she was in world You're war one. Yeah. Me. She's still alive. It's insane. Right. Oh, she's, and she drinks and she dances still. She's a bloody legend. Oh, yeah. I, I love her. 
But um, but in America, man. like actually, slavery wasn't that long ago. And if you look at what's happening right now, there's clearly quite a lot of racists. Oh, yeah. And so like. It's it's only kind of recently mm-hmm. that the black community have started using the N word in terms of reclaiming it mm-hmm. to themselves, mm-hmm. right? And it is kind of new and so my guess is that it'll take a lot longer again for it to evolve. And I don't know. I actually don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it just I you know you look at history and you go look things take time. Yeah, things just take. I understand. Time. But at the same time, it's acknowledging that. You give the the word some strength. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, I understand. But I think it's once once every single country starts, you know, like you can already see globalization is creating friction and stuff because every country has different rules yeah. and different things. In fact, um, uh, on my album, I talk about uh, the difference between the UK, America, and and France, just in how they say hello and how that could go wrong and mm-hmm. the etymology of it and uh, if you want to listen to it it's on Spotify or iTunes and it's called Alien of Extraordinary Ability which I believe is what you are as well right when you apply to get in here oh yes you the, become my alien. own one I am uh, they think that I have extraordinary abilities yeah you yeah. do I kind of uh, they, they they believed I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> they did um but yeah, when they uh, find out that I'm doing stand-up for 15 years and there's people doing like for 30, they're like, okay, I don't think that's that extraordinary, but that's okay. I think you're a pretty extraordinary Thank mate. you very much, my uh, friend. Thank I'm excited to like work together more while Man, we're in yeah, LA together. But what I'm saying, uh, and I completely agree that we have to uh, acknowledge the culture over here in this country. It's yeah. like things are different, okay? Yeah, yeah. So how can this be? And some of these things are funny to me. Some of uh, some of those. I'm in this moment right now when I I I, I wrote a lot about the cultural differences. Right. I'm trying to write on now exactly what you said about my life and my experience yeah, yeah. to make this more alive, and to make that by story something funny. Yeah. And, and relatability I, as well. And I, but I think there's there's some growing up to do. I still have to grow up as a comedian because I have been doing it for only 15 years, surrounded by peers that was like inspired by me. Now I finally can come to a comedy club and watch someone and go like, fuck, man, that's so good. Oh, that must be really nice. Right. So that's something that's yeah. interesting I didn't think about. The fact that you actually didn't have anyone to, because no. you had someone to look up to, but maybe in like in DVDs and, and like Yeah, but stuff can like you that. think about it? Like I started to do this in like 2003. The uh, the the only uh, reference that we had, like stand up, the only thing that we watched them, it was like those little monologues on Seinfeld. That was the only wow. thing. We didn't have stand up. Yeah, I, you see, like now I didn't even think about it because I was going, oh yeah, that's amazing. So you were a pioneer, but actually to think about the fact that you weren't even able to go into a comedy club just that, to enjoy a, that was a drink and oh wow, so that's really fun for you. Yeah. Actually, you're... I think I, t- I turned off my microphone. Did I do? It? Did you? Did you? Uh, 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 no, no, you're good. No, yeah, I am. I think so. Okay, maybe yeah, my phone. Fine. Maybe my headphones. Uh, okay, so oh, no, oh no. yeah, the headphone. Yeah, it's okay. Apologies, yeah, the headphones. But don't worry. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any. I don't know really where to look for. You could watch shows there. Jimmy yeah. Carr. He has been doing this for like 30 years. I don't know. I don't know how long, but like, it, you know, when I started stand up, I started by watching it in, you know, in live comedy clubs and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so we yeah. We didn't have that. What we had was the monologue on Seinfeld. So then we, we I don't know how I got some DVDs. It wasn't even DVDs, it were like CDs with videos, mm-hmm. 30 minute specials on Comedy Central. 
Louis C.K., Jim Gaffigan, Brian Regan. Right, right. So that was, oh, that's so crazy. I have those, those George Carlin, like yeah, yeah, yeah. CDs and stuff. So when YouTube came up, we were like, oh, my God, you know how, how so many people there. is doing this? Because I saw stand-up for the first time when I was living in Nebraska. I watched on Comedy Central. Yeah. And I think I watched Brian Regan. That was the guy. Yeah. And Jim Gaffingham. That was the two guys that I remember that I watched when I was when I was studying in America. So I decided to do this in Brazil, but there was no nowhere to get stand up. Right, right. So that's why it's still young. The move all the movements still young. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, uh, we are still catching up. It's for cool. me to be here sharing the stage with the comedians that I admire in comedy clubs that I used to watch from TV. It's crazy. So I already built a career. I had a talk show in Brazil. Mm. I did three specials. I did a series. I directed a series. I did everything I wanted to do. I did like five wow, movies. That's, that's fucking cool. I did everything that yeah, I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And now I feel like I'm born again as a comedian. Isn't it crazy? No, it's very exciting. I think it it's is. It's very exciting. So every time that I wake up, I'm like, okay, I don't have a show tonight. Right. So what am I going to do? So what am I going to do? But at the same time, I think I'm in the right place. Yeah. That's you know? good, man. That is good. That's good to hear. It's Don't nice you feel to, the same? Yeah, well, obviously, I have a different experience because, uh, let's say, if I was to go back to the UK, things are going well, but it's I, I would still be in a sort of like... Okay, hustling. Yeah, I'd still be very much hustling. You know, um, I think people are confused back at home, back in the UK and France, where people like will follow me on Instagram. They'll see me like in Los Angeles, and they'll be like, fuck, Eric must be rich, and he's made it. And uh-huh. it's like, you have no idea Don't like be. how challenging... like. If you haven't made it anywhere, yeah. you're still kind of living check to check. Oh, yeah, and sometimes you'll land a commercial and you'll be all right for a few months. But ultimately, you're still living check to check. And so um, I don't have that sensation that you have, which mm-hmm. is that, that, that born again because all of a sudden I get to watch stand up. And yeah. I get to watch stand up of the people I used to watch on the DVD. Yeah. But recently I have expelled some very negative things that happened to me. It's one of the reasons why, let's go back to the beginning of the episode because time is a loop. Um, But we were talking about my parents and how I've now got a good relationship with them. But actually that's quite a new thing because I recently dealt with some kind of traumatic shit that happened to me years and years ago. And as I'm reading about dealing with trauma, like now I feel light and I'm like, oh, oh, that thing that caused me pain that I didn't realize caused me pain is gone now. And all of a sudden, that thing which stemmed from my parents, because, you know, most of our problems actually come from our childhood. And, uh, you know, there's a poem by Philip Larkin, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. They don't mean to, but they do, Uh right? And I was reading about how once you get rid of the thing that makes you upset about your parents, you realise that they, you don't need parents anymore because you've got rid of that problem. And you become more adult because all of a sudden you don't need your parents so your parents become equal mm-hmm. to you yeah you become adult like them and th- that realization was insane because for many years i was in pain and then i'd be like that's my mom and that's my dad you know and and now they're still my mom and my dad but, but that that pain that i had because of them that doesn't exist anymore and so now i'm like hey what's up how are you genuinely i love you when before i'd be like yeah, I love you because I have to. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Of course, yeah. And so it's quite freeing to 
So, so actually, recent, it's very recent. Some of my listeners who listen to every episode sort of have seen the progress. But I, um, I am born again, but in a human way, not in a comedian way. But because of that, now on stage, I'm back to being risky. Like you saw me host, right? Mm-hmm. I take some fucking risks. I go on stage and improvise and fuck around. And I'm in the moment. And I used to not be in a moment for a while because I was kept, I kept worrying about the past or worrying about the future. Oh, you felt that? Always. For 17 years, I was full of anxiety. And certainly in my early 20s, depression. But I was so anxious that I wouldn't let my depression get me. So I'd get depressed for like an hour and then my anxiety would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Get up. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So it was, the depression never really got me like some people. But but did you do therapy or something? So I did therapy twice in my 20s. Okay. And what it did is that it calmed me down. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm calm now. But I was still holding on. I was still holding on to that pain. And the reason is I didn't know I was holding on to it. Mm. Some of our problems are so deep into our fucking psyche and our childhood. Like you're 42. If something happened to you when you were 15, you know, you're looking at 27 years that you have to travel back in time. Know, right? Friend, you know? And so that, so for oh. most people, they've actually forgotten, their conscious them has forgotten what they're so in pain about. And, but because they've been in pain for so long and not realized where it comes from, that then they're in pain with the local things, the things that affect them today and yesterday and last week. And that's why they, they'll get annoyed at someone. And it's like, well, you're not really annoyed at me. Like people, in, people that have road rage fascinate me. Because like, if someone cuts in front of you, okay, that could be dangerous and that's you know, it's annoying. But the people that get angry in their car... That anger doesn't transfer to that person's car. So mm-hmm. they're just fucking fuming in this anger. Yeah. And then and sometimes I've seen some people lose their shit at a driver that's done a an a kind of shitty thing to do, but nothing too bad. And I'm going, wow, who are you angry at? Your mum or your dad? <laughs> like honestly, like what what's yeah. what, where's your anger coming from here, yeah. mate? Yeah. And to to and LA has that everywhere. Everyone here is Certainly, me and my wife. I mean, we said this to each other. We were okay. like, we were two broken children mm-hmm. that were looking for out for a parent, and we that's why we, that's why we were best friends for each yeah. other because we complemented each other really well. Mm-hmm. But actually, to realize that we we're kind of both broken, that's why it didn't work. And I never realized that before other relationships. I was like, oh, I'm learning how to become a better guy and a better husband and or a better boyfriend or whatever. But I didn't realize that actually what I had to deal with wasn't the present relationship it was the relationship that had failed many years ago which was my parents and so to to dealt with that which is very recent i literally texted my mum today and i went you know what i'm really glad we've reconnected because for 17 years i was like all right hi mum uh-huh. i'd be like ambivalent because hey, and it's weird and i thought looking. and i thought that was a normal thing to do hey families just split apart that's normal but actually we're all family right i mean me and you at some yeah. point if we stay connected and friends We'll become family, right? That's oh, what happens. You have to do it, my friend. I don't have that many friends, so you have to be Oh, I'll friend. stay friends with you, mate. Oh, let's go in this pub now and have a little drink. Yes, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, but when it's I'm, a weird pub. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm not with my phone anymore, so I have no idea what sound you put on. Oh, okay, this is the pub. Oh, yeah, come in. You didn't oh. get, he didn't have his headphones on, so he was like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> he clicked some button and changed his attitude. I was like, what the fuck? Hey, you know what? Hey, drink yeah. this uh, oh. very special ayahuasca brew. Thank right? you, my friend. I You're going to... Oh, I think I feel a little dizzy. You feeling good? Oh. 
You know what? I remember when I was five years old and I met Michael Jackson and he was so sweet to me. He was here in LA. My father brought me here to go to Disneyland and I had the chance to meet one of my idols. And I spent a little time in Neverland on his home and he was, he was so crazy. He never touched me or anything like that. He just played some crazy music and I kind of discovered a little bit of myself. And I reconnected with my family, and uh, and I came with my father, and he we went to Neverland with me, and we talked to Michael Jackson. He advises you have to be connected and you have to be friends for the rest of their lives. So that's why I have a very good connection with my family, but all because of Michael Jackson.